WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. St. Joseph City Manager John Hodgson has received a pay increase and a pat on the back following his latest performance evaluation. City commissioners this week rated Hodgson highly in all five categories considered. Mayor Laura Goose tells us they included accountability and leadership. She loves working with Hodgson. I joined in 2017. He has been nothing but helpful, informative, and honestly vital to our city operations. He has done a tremendous job. I could not say enough positive things about John. We asked if the commission has considered Hodgson's possible retirement. Goose says he's given no official word on that. But we certainly do talk about to him specifically that if those are his plans moving forward, we have asked him to help us to catalog the day-to-day role that the city manager plays within the city so that we can be prepared in the event of his eventual retirement. Following Hodgson's positive review this week, commissioners authorized a pay increase and one-time bonus for him. His salary will go up by 3% to $157,000. The one-time bonus was about 5000 Hodgson has been the city manager since 2015 after having served as the assistant city manager. St. Joe City Commissioners have approved a high water infrastructure grant agreement to try to prevent flooding on Anchors Way. Speaking at a meeting last night, city engineer Tim Z. Bell said Anchors Way is the only access to the Benton Harbor St. Joseph Joint Wastewater Treatment Plant, the Island Point Housing Development, Pier 33, Brian's Marina, and the St. Joseph Boat Launch Ramp. While there's been flooding on that street during heavy rain for a long time, it got worse in recent years. Flooding problems have been occurring on Acres Way for many years. And record-breaking high water levels on Lake Michigan in 2019 and 2020 illustrated why flooding on Acres Way is not an easy problem. Zebel said the city could hire engineering firm Wade Trim to develop a plan to prevent that flooding. One option would be constructing berms and installing a stormwater treatment and pumping system. Another option would be reconstructing the road with a stormwater collection and treatment system. Zebel said either will be complicated. The project will cost $182,000. $144,000 of that will be covered by a grant. Additionally, Wade Trim's fee will be $165,000. Zebel said it's all in the street budget. Commissioners approved moving forward. The Michigan Department of Transportation will begin resurfacing six and a half miles of the I-94 business loop and M63 next week. It says the work will be on the I-94 business loop or Lakeshore Drive from Glenlord Road to Central Avenue on M63 or Niles Road from I-94 to Midway Avenue in St. Joseph. The project will include milling and asphalt resurfacing, drainage structure repairs, sidewalk and curb ramp upgrades, and new pavement markings. Drivers should expect lane closures and traffic restrictions during the work. The $3.5 million project will start on Tuesday and continue through November 17th. A Benton Township man has been busted for selling fentanyl. The Southwest Enforcement Team says police made the arrest after a brief foot chase on Highland Avenue today in Benton Township. That's after the team executed a search warrant at Acres Blossom Acres Apartments and found evidence of fentanyl trafficking. The 28-year-old Benton Township man was jailed on five counts of delivering of fentanyl, being a felon in possession of ammunition, resisting and obstructing police, and on an outstanding bench warrant. And police have not released his name. A 62-year-old Chickaming Township woman is dead following a mobile home fire today. The Berrien County Sheriff's Department says it and the Chickaming Township Fire Department responded to the home at 8000 Warren Woods Road or Lakewood Estates Manufactured Homes shortly after 4.35 a.m. They found a man standing outside who told them there was still someone trapped inside. 
That man was taken to a hospital in Michigan City to be treated for smoke inhalation. Once the fire was out, firefighters found the body of 62-year-old Dawn Pop. The Western Michigan Medical Examiner's Office will perform an autopsy. The cause of the fire is still being investigated. With a new school year now underway for some Michigan students and the rest about to go back to school next week, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has given them a pep talk. Speaking online this week, Whitmer told all the students to make the most of the new school year. This school year, I urge you all to get involved on campus. Join that club. Try out for a team. Have fun with that group project. Make a heck of a lot of good friends. Whitmer once again touted the new state education budget, noting it's the biggest investment in education in Michigan history. She said it includes free breakfast and lunch for all public school students to ensure all kids are able to learn effectively. Berrien County residents will have a chance to get rid of unwanted chemicals and other materials in their homes with a community recycling day set for next month. The Berrien County Parks Department says they'll take yard and garden chemicals, used oil, old gasoline, unused medication, medical needles, electronics, spent batteries, spray cans, oil-based paint, electronics, and hard foam at the event. It'll be free to recycle everything except TVs, monitors, and Freon-containing appliances. Those, those items carry fees of $20 for TVs and $10 for monitors and a Freon. The recycling event will be held on September 16th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Silver Beach County Park. And around 240 scarecrows are now decorating downtown Buchanan. The tradition started with 25 of them about 15 years ago, and they're sold to raise money. Buchanan Scarecrow Charities Vice President Bet- Betsy Kutmeister told a WSBT about what's done with all the money. And with all the money we raise, it stays in the community. We donate to many different things here. We give uh, college scholarships. We deliver to um, RAM uh, Ministries. We do things for the teachers at school. We do um, all kinds of things with the money. The work starts every January to make the scarecrows. Decorations for them come from people in the community. And St. Julian Wine Company in Pawpaw has received a $100,000 state grant to increase its production. Market Van Buren works with the winery to seek the support from the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development for the installation of a new centrifuge. In winemaking, a centrifuge is used to separate solid material from liquids. St. Julian says it currently produces about a million gallons of wine per year. The new equipment will enable it to increase its wine production by about 5%, expanding its bulk customer list. The winery processes more fruit than it needs for its branded wines, so extra raw product is distributed to other wineries for their use in production. The winery adds the new centrifuge will also reduce its production of solid waste, which will positively affect the village of Pawpaw's sewer and water systems. Market Van Buren says it was pleased to have the opportunity to help St. Julian expand. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News and now continues brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dewajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Hours before its anticipated landfall, Hurricane Adalia is making its presence known along the Gulf Coast of Florida. ABC's Jim Ryan is in Tampa, where the rains have started. The advance warning of this storm's approach was the cold gust of wind blowing dust and palm fronts around the city. Then came the rains of Adalia's outer bands. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor's rule of thumb. You hide from the wind and run from the water. While these rains may create street flooding, it's the water pushing in from the Gulf that she worries about. So if you can just go in 10, 20 miles, that's what we are advising to all of our residents. The storm surge in this city is expected to be up to seven feet. 
Jim Ryan, ABC News, Tampa. Adelia has strengthened into a hurricane as it barrels toward Florida's Gulf Coast. Authorities warning residents of vulnerable areas to pack up and leave to escape the twin threats of high winds and devastating flooding. Adalia was churning in the Gulf of Mexico as a Category 1 storm, but it was projected to come ashore early Wednesday as a Category 3 system with sustained winds up to 120 miles an hour. The most likely location for landfall is in the lightly populated Big Bend region, where the Florida panhandle bends into the peninsula. A federal judge in Atlanta needs more information before he can decide whether ex-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows can tinker with his racketeering indictment. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. After a day-long hearing, the judge said in a new court filing he still needs to hear more from the lawyers before ruling whether former President Trump's one-time Chief of Staff Mark Meadows can move his election subversion case into federal court. The judge asked Meadows and the Fulton County District Attorney's Office what a finding that at least one, but not all, the overt acts charge occurred under the color of Meadows' office be sufficient to move the case into federal court, where Meadows might hope for a more favorable jury. Meadows said every action he took was part of his job, but prosecutors said Meadows was acting for the Trump campaign. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. President Biden is touting his administration's efforts to lower medical costs. Officials today announced the first 10 drugs that would be targeted for Medicare price negotiations. The popular diabetes treatment, Jardiance, and the blood thinner, Aliquis, are on the list. Biden says, quote, we're going to keep standing up to big pharma and we're not going to back down. The Democratic president's move faces litigation from drug makers and criticism from Republican lawmakers. Meanwhile, we are seeing a pushback. From the drug makers, ABC's Ann Flaherty says the drug makers feel the Biden administration's approach is the wrong one. They say that these are uh, nothing short of price controls by the government. It's going to be done by an agency called CMS. And they say that there's not going to be enough accountability or oversight. They're also sounding the alarms on what could happen in the private sector. They're arguing that insurance companies and uh, prescription benefit managers might restrict access to medications. Now, I have spoken with experts on this who say that is an overshot that that is um, significantly probably not going to happen. The 18 defendants charged alongside former President Donald Trump in this month's racketeering indictment in Fulton County, Georgia, include more than a half dozen lawyers. Several of them have signaled they were merely doing their jobs as attorneys when they maneuvered on Trump's behalf to undo the results of the election. But while attorneys do have wide berth to advance untested or unconventional positions, experts say a lawyer's being lawyer's defense will be challenging to pull off to the extent prosecutors can directly link the indicted lawyers to criminal schemes alleged in the indictment. There was a court appearance this afternoon for the suspect in Monday's deadly shooting at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. ABC's Derek Dennis has more. The suspect appearing in court, identified by UNC police as Taylay Chi, a graduate student at UNC Chapel Hill. The victim identified as Zizi Yan, an associate professor in the College of Arts and Sciences. The FBI is investigating Monday's campus shooting, looking for a motive and any connection between the two. Amina Machiswala is a sophomore and says the shooting danger was not immediately felt. We went from sitting there on our social media to barricading doors. The suspect is charged with first-degree murder and possession of a weapon and is being held without bond. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The second-ranking House Republican says he's been diagnosed with blood cancer. The announcement came today from Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana. The 57-year-old Scalise says he'll continue to serve in the House as he undergoes treatment. He vowed to tackle the treatment with strength and energy and described the cancer as very treatable. Scalise was among those wounded in 2017 when an attacker fired on lawmakers on a Virginia baseball field. He endured long hospitalizations from being shot in the hip. 
In offering their best wishes to him now, fellow lawmakers are recalling the determination and strength that he showed in recovering from that attack. And doctors say, sorry, but COVID is not done with us. And they also say we shouldn't be done with COVID vaccines. Here's ABC's Sherry Preston. Dr. Deborah Burke says COVID spikes have happened every summer since 2020. It is predictable. It's what COVID does. Burks was a lead COVID official in the Trump White House, and she tells ABC's Start Here podcast that Americans are living in a fantasy world if they think the vaccines developed for the current variants will work. We are already beginning to see some evidence of a new variant for which the vaccine probably is not well matched. Burks says drug companies should have spent the last year creating multiple boosters to account for multiple variants. Sherry Preston, ABC News.